As a publisher, do you spend a lot of time thinking about how to wrestle control over your tech stacks? Then we have a summit coming up for you. Join us at the Digiday Programmatic Media Summit in New Orleans, Louisiana from November 13 to November 15. We're hosting publishers from across the industry to talk about what they're doing in their newsrooms to tackle the challenges that Programmatic presents. It's three days of great ideas, discussion groups, and more. Register now at digiday.com slash events. And we're giving a $200 discount to our podcast listeners. Just apply the code podcast at checkout. This is Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Digiday producer Aditi Sango. This week, we're playing sessions from our Digiday Publishing Summit Europe in Berlin, Germany. Media is under scrutiny like never before. From spoof domains to ad fraud to fake news, it's hard to tell what is real and what is not. We explored how publishers can use trust to better control their futures from the duopoly and the race to the bottom. The French daily newspaper Le Monde has a fact-checking arm called Les Decadets. According to deputy editor of the team Samuel Laurent, they're also responsible for hoax-busting, data journalism, and they also work in investigations since the Panama paper leaks. In this session, he talks about how the team at Le Monde fights back against fake news. Uh, what, yeah. are you, what were you looking to accomplish with this unit? Uh, this unit uh, accomplishes four main tasks, uh, which are fact-checking. Uh, actually, I probably uh, it would probably be better if I begin by the beginning. So at the beginning, we were just a blog, a political fact-checking blog. Uh, we went uh, online in 2005, I think. I wasn't uh, at the initiative of this blog at the beginning. And now we have a 12-people unit doing not only fact-checking, but also hoax-busting, uh, data journalism, and now investigation uh, since we worked Uh, on Panama Papers, for, for instance. Okay, so explain, I mean, fake news is getting a lot of attention. We had to put it in quotes now because it's being used by certain people to <laughs> just mean anything they disagree with. Um, but explain the situation when it comes to this kind of, because it's a catch-all term. So how do, how do you define it? Well, uh, I, I, don't, uh, I don't like this term personally because I think uh, something is either right or wrong, but uh, you don't have to call it fake news, you can call it hoax, you can call it, uh, you can call it lots of ways, but fake news, I mean, it, it just, uh, you, you just see as the, uh, Trump use it uh, against uh, mainstream medias to say that mainstream medias are publishing fake news. So uh, one of the main issues with this kind of news, uh, which is not only on political uh, domains, it's also fake news on science, on health, on every, probably every part mm -hmm. of uh, what we read every day, you can uh, find fake news. I think it kind of defines something which is beginning to be an industry, uh, basically, uh, a fake news industry, uh, selling fake news and using fake news to make money with it, uh, which is kind of an issue for everybody, I think, in this room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but you don't include, like, political propaganda? Yeah, I think political propaganda is also fake news, but I don't like this term for political propaganda because I think we should use political propaganda. It's a beautiful <laughs> we world. Have, we already have <laughs> already words for have. it. <laughs> um, better. So give me, give me some background on um, the run-up to the election. And obviously, um, there was a lot of focus on this uh, due to the U.S. election and, and other elections. 
Um, and France did not have as big of a problem, it seems like, as yeah. other countries. <laughs> Probably because we just uh, had uh, the experience of the, the US election yes. and the Brexit in England. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for this. <laughs> uh, but uh, basically, we were quite uh, worried about this, uh, of course, because Trump just had, uh, had been elected when the French campaign started. Uh, and so, uh, and as a fact checker for 10 years now, uh, I saw the, the rise of the, the surge of the fake news also in the French political web, uh, which has lots of blogs and small websites uh, coming to power and, uh, and being, beginning to be more and more influenced. Uh, uh, not only on, on the, on the right-wing sphere, but also on the mainstream politicians. And this is one of the issues we saw uh, rising, is the fact that mainstream politicians were using fake news informations coming from these websites uh, for their campaigns. So this was uh, one of the issues we, we had, and the other one was, and it's probably the same, I think, in England and every, <laughs> everywhere else in the world. Well, probably not in Japan, because I met Japanese, but it's the trust in journalism which is uh, falling down, mm -hmm. and I think this is the the way for fake news to spread. It's, the, it's also a war on journalism and on the, on the journalism as a, as a medium between the people and the politicians. Mm -hmm. So how did you combat it? Uh, so <laughs> we had, uh, we had uh, probably four uh, times initiative. Uh, the first initiative we took was to, uh, to begin an association with First Draft, which is, uh, which is an NGO uh, close to Google, uh, in a project which is called CrossCheck, uh, which was kind of useful. Uh, basically, we just uh, went together with other newsrooms in France, and we just agreed on the fact that uh, hoax busting and, fa and fact-checking, at, uh, at least fact-checking fake news, uh, should not be a competition issue. We should work together on this because we do this as a public service. I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so this was the first uh, step. The second step was the Decodex, which is uh, an application and a database we launched in February, uh, which includes about 700 websites, I think, now. Uh, basically, the idea was to have a map of the, the fake news factory. Uh, of the, the less reliable websites in France because often you see people uh, fooled by this kind of website, you know, as everybody does. You're on Facebook, you, you get your timeline, you click on the link and you don't just check which is this website, can I trust it, uh, does this story is true. For most of the people, if it looks like a journalistic story, it is journalistic, so it's true. But we know uh, mm -hmm. now that it's, it's not true. Right. How much responsibility is it of of Facebook and Google to combat this. I mean, there's there's new debate uh, I know in, in, in the U.S. and, and in in, uh, in the U.K. at least about whether they're media companies, whether they have the obligations, um, and some of which are legal obligations, as media companies. I think it's the same issue for years and years. I mean, uh, are they editors or are they tech companies? And they, they say, we are tech companies, but obviously they are not, and less and less every year. I think uh, now you have about, I don't know for worldwide figures, but in France, I think we have about 30% of traffic coming from Facebook, uh, and it's the same everywhere. So you can't just be a technological company when you, you just... Uh, you just provide the main uh, source of audience to every every newspapers and every website in the world. Uh, you have some responsibilities and you have to, to do it. Actually, Facebook is doing some things. Uh, it's probably not enough, but it's the beginning uh, to tackle fake news. But I think you will quickly come to another problem, which is the, the, the attention economics and the fact that Facebook is based on this kind of economics, uh, which you have to make, uh, you, you know, uh, impactive titles. You have to... to push the information to, to gather, to 
to gather the, the attention of your, of your consumer and of your reader. And this is probably one of the main issues with fake news now, because I don't think political fake news are probably not the main problem. One of the problems is the, all the whole fake news just uh, wrote just to, to put some people to, to, to go to the websites and to click. Uh, and in else, uh, in France, we have some anti-vaccines websites doing running campaigns after campaigns and doing money with it because Facebook, uh, because of Facebook, because they use this to make clickbait uh, with vaccines. So mm -hmm. I don't think it's quite normal to, to clickbait with this kind of issues. But what, what is going to? I mean, so you worked with, with at least with Google, like on yeah. on um, combating this. I mean, is this going to be a situation where platforms are going to just outsource it to publishers? It's quite strange to be outsourced by uh, that. Maybe maybe it's better. I, I think if Google uh, wanted to to bring some newsroom on, they have the the means to do it uh, quickly and with a huge 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 uh, potential. Uh, but probably we do something that the others can do, and probably we still have some kind of uh, resource, <laughs> have some kind of resource, hopefully, uh, to 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 um, to check this, to investigate this. To, to check who is behind this kind, this kind of uh, fake news factories, uh, who does this, why for, uh, how many money does it make doing this, and so this can be useful, I think, I hope so. Mm -hmm. uh, how about uh, legal regulation? Uh, this is another issue, but I don't think it's working at all because uh, you know the, the, you just have to put your website in foreign uh, on a foreign country, and you won't be you won't be trouble. In France, we have uh, this guy, which is a far right blogger. Uh, it just spread another hoax in September uh, during the the hurricane in French islands. Uh, this guy has been uh, trialed and condemned, I think, 12 times. Uh, now he, he lives in Japan and he can still blog. It's not a problem at all. So I don't think the national regulation can do something. But, but I mean uh, regulation on the pl uh, of the platforms. Of the platforms, yeah. Uh, we are quite... Uh, we have some ties with Facebook now, uh, working on debunking fake news, and it's interesting to work with them because uh, we just uh, begin to see what is the, the real fake news landscape. I mean, it's difficult to, to see the whole Facebook and to see what's trending on it. So they gave us some tools to do it and we are doing some kind of regulations and Facebook is beginning to have a, a kind of enforcement uh, enforcement issue. Uh, I mean, uh, if, you, if you publish lots of fake news, at some point Facebook is going to uh, give the, is gonna is gonna bring you down, uh, and it's not gonna let you advertise on this platform anymore. So this is a step, I think, an important step. Mm -hmm. uh, but probably there are some other issues and some other things to do. I mean, on political uh, issues or on hate speech issues. Uh, but Facebook is working on it, and it's cool. Actually, my 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 main fear is that Facebook is now working on about a billion people, and how can you just regulate a billion people publishing conversations and news every day? So, I'm, I, particularly, let's let's talk about uh, uh, Facebook versus Google. Do you do you see a, a difference in their approaches to this problem? Yeah, probably because uh, Google actually we never um, really met Google's people. We met First Draft, which is an NGO close to Google, but mm -hmm. Google didn't went and said to us, "Okay, uh, we're going to do this or this." Uh, they just want to distanciate uh, from this debate. Actually, Facebook uh, is probably more concerned, I think, uh, at this point. But maybe because Facebook knows its particular responsibility in uh, in political uh, in political campaigns, uh, like the USA, I think they played a, a big part. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. Trump's election. So, um, so uh, with, with Facebook, I mean, like Le Mans is reaching far more people now versus yes. say five years ago, right? Yeah. Um, but has it been good for Le Mans overall? <laughs> this is a good question. Actually, we are struggling, like everybody, uh, to to have an advertisement economics uh, working well because the, it's falling down and down. So we are going uh, on and on on the subscription uh, model, which is cool because uh, we are selling editions and selling our information. This is great. My main concern is probably not the business issue of this, it's the, the democracy of this, because I fear about a world uh, in 10 years or five years where you're gonna have to choose between uh, subscribing to some reliable websites or just going with mm -hmm. uh, a total mess of information, yeah. uh, free information, but <laughs> will be a total right. mess with fake news mixed with real news and, and partisan websites right. everywhere. Being informed could yeah. become a luxury good. Yeah. Right? And I think that's a problem because this was the, the information revolution. <laughs> right. Um, it is ironic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So subscriptions are more important than ever. For yeah. For Le Monde, yeah, we have a mixed model, but subscriptions are, are quite uh, the, the way we are just uh, continuing to be above the others, economically speaking, uh, mm -hmm. because we have a large uh, base of subscribers and they are quite... Uh, Renewing every every year, so right. So how are you how are you using platforms to your benefit? I mean, we talked about the, you know the negatives with fake mm. news. Well, actually, we use platforms. Uh, I use platform for for personal and journalistic issues. I mean, I couldn't live without Twitter. Uh, I couldn't live with probably, but <laughs> this is another <laughs> problem. But uh, we use Facebook um, classically. I think. Uh, then maybe the only thing we, we have done um, on particular fake news issues with Facebook is that the Decodex has a bot extension which you can reach by Facebook. Uh, you, can, you can just talk uh, on the bot, uh, to the bot via Facebook. So this was a way for us to, to bring some of our Facebook followers in it. But uh, we are quite uh, looking after some ways to, you know, to, to bring people to, to us uh, via Facebook. But we are not Probably not doing something exceptional at this moment. Right. So I wonder if at the end, you know, everyone's going like, what's the solution to fake news and everything? Whether it's really just basic media literacy. It's probably basic media literacy. I think it's media literacy and media trust. I think if you just have politicians running around saying every media is biased, partisan, etc., etc., at the end you have people, you know, insulting us. In France, the political campaign was particularly violent. Uh, it was my third campaign. I never have been so much insulted, threatened. Uh, it was real difficult. And I think this is an issue every democracy has uh, to just trust the press. Uh, maybe it's, the, it's a sign that we have to change also in our role, in our social role. But uh, I think we, <laughs> we have to do this. It, it's, so, it's also a problem of, uh, of media literacy. I totally agree with this. Mm -hmm. uh, we are doing some initiatives with uh, scholars uh, in France. Uh, we go to schools to, to speak to, uh, to, youngs, uh, to young people about uh, what is information, what is journalism, basically. Uh, but I also think that one of, the, one of the issues we have is not only the um, children. It's also, you know, you can have people uh, 40, 50, 60 years old coming to Facebook, coming to these platforms and not knowing anything about it. And these people are also fools. So I think you have to do major literacy also for this kind of people. Right, yeah. So I want to open it up to questions. After this break, 
Samuel will take questions from the audience on press bias and why the press still deserves to be trusted. Stay tuned. But right now, a quick break to tell you about Digiday Plus. It's our subscription product where you'll get the Digiday magazine, a lot of valuable research about the industry, and you will also get to be a part of exclusive member events and our Digiday Plus Slack channels where we hold town halls with industry leaders and innovators every other week. We'll make sure you stay on the pulse of every development in the industry. Please sign up. It's at digidayplus.com. Um, you said that we should trust, trust the press, but which, which you know, is broadly true, but where the press has its own political agenda, how can we trust them sometimes? <laughs> Actually, uh, when you say the press, uh, it's kind of a problem because there's not one press. You can have right-wing press, you can have left-wing press, you can have, so I don't know. How do you know. what to trust in a world where the fake news is, is an issue, but also press bias potentially could be an issue? Yeah, and this, this, this is funny because this kind of debates are quite old with the press. I mean, the objectivity debate is as old as the press and uh, never has been solved. So uh, one of the, the strange things about nowadays is the fact that in some point you would want some absolutely objective and neutral press. Uh, and in another point, you're going to have some other people telling that media should be more partisan and should take more stances and should have more opinion. So you have these two uh, opposite uh, things and, and it's difficult. I don't think you can uh, have a neutral press, but you can have a reliable press. And the founder of Le Monde said this, that objectivity doesn't exist, but honesty exists. So I think what we are doing in Le Monde is honest journalism. So it doesn't mean we don't take stance. It means when something is true, we write it and we don't hide it. So uh, probably this kind of, uh, of positioning and uh, is a way to, to, to regain trust. I think the other way to regain trust is to talk to readers and to talk to our audience uh, more than we do and to explain what we do, why we are doing this and how, how are we doing this. I mean, you say like it, uh, trust, and I, I think a lot of a lot of media obviously wants to build trust, and and that fine line between what is, you know, being told is untrue on purpose, but also just is being. I mean, we have Fox News in the United States yeah. that I don't know if technically what what they're doing is untrue, but like <laughs> what they're doing has has a clear agenda yeah. and, and it's having a clear impact. I always, yeah. I say that they've like been like radicalizing uh, a lot of retirement communities. <clears throat> there are some go-betweens I think when you have a media like Fox News, we have the same in France but it's not a television so it's not so so popular but uh, they, are, um, they are taking some hoaxes in, uh, and some, uh, some uh, right-wing themes uh, and they are bringing them to the, to the main public and I think they, they play this kind of game. Uh, which is quite dangerous, but they are not publishing fake news, uh, and at least they are probably biased news, but not really fake. So maybe uh, the the, um, the way we address this uh, with the Decodex was just to say, whom are you speaking from? I mean, uh, do you know that Fox News is right wing? Maybe if you know that, you're gonna think when you read a, a news from from uh, from Fox News. So this is the uh, this is the the main goal of the Decodex is to say to people, okay, do you know this website? Do you know who runs it? Do you know uh, what kind of ideas he has and this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, Samuel, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. We're on iTunes, 
Stitcher, and Google Play. To learn more about our summits, visit digiday.com slash events. For exclusive member events, sign up at digidayplus.com. And we'll be back soon with another episode.